No shelter ever asked me, like, are you in a good enough mental space that you can take your talk out every day? <laughs> so I realized something. Oh, shit. We need to do the intro first. <laughs> so anyway. So anyway. Hello, friends. Hello. Welcome to Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina. And I'm Lauren. And today we are talking about a topic that I have secretly decided on and Lauren knows nothing about. (gasps) But first, Lauren, I am just dying to hear about what you did today because all I know is it involves your dog and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, so it was a event in Missouri, and I don't know, like 45 minutes from St. Louis where I live, and it was called Woofstock, W-O-O-F. Stop! <laughs> Stop. I have to back away from the microphone because I know it's going to be loud when I react to these things you're about to tell me. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so we both brought our dogs. I have some kind of like animal safe, like hair color chalk so pico had one pink ear and one blue ear and a gradient green tail (laughs) oh how did you decide on those colors do they mean something special or no i just felt like i i wanted to make make it kind of look cleaner than just like scribbling random streaks in them so i was like (laughs) ears and tail (laughs) that's what other people do but not pico yeah (laughs) pico is a classy pup right so tell me about wolfstock it was super, super hot and super, super humid. Um, I think the humidity is around like 96% today. Ugh, it's about <laughs> that here too, I think. Yeah. It's the worst part of the year where fall is so close you can taste it, but you have to get mm-hmm. through the last few weeks of August that are like... Yep. <sighs> it was just at like a public park and tons of people were there with their dogs. Wait, back was... up. How did you hear about it? Oh, my friend heard about it. Okay. Yeah, she just asked me, like, do you want to go to this and bring our dogs? I was like, yes. Oh, I love it. (laughs) The crowning moment that we saw was the wiener dog races. The wiener (laughs) dog races? Yes. I've only ever heard stories. So we saw two runs, and I felt like we saw both sides, because we saw one... Like, they, they want the main owner to be at the end, so they run towards them. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like they tried to get somebody that still, like, knows the dogs to, like, release them on the other side. And so I saw one where the people released them, and they all pretty much, like, ran over there and at different speeds, but got, all got over. <sighs> and then I saw another one where they released them, and a, a couple of them started to run over there, and a couple of them stayed, and then they, those ones came back and were like, oh, my friends are still over here. Let's hang out. <laughs> Like oh my forever god! To get someone to actually go over the finish line, it was hilarious. So were there only like wiener dogs racing? Yes. So they wouldn't let your dog race if it wasn't a wiener dog. No. How many no. were there? Uh, I don't know because we we saw like just two runs, and I don't know if there were more. And there was like five or six in each one. Why couldn't all the dogs race though? Well, <laughs> I guess that would be kind of a disaster. Yeah. More like... so than it was. <laughs> Pico would kick their butts. As tiny as he is, his legs are twice as long. <laughs> oh my god. Did he get a lot of attention? Oh, he did. <laughs> How does he act around other dogs? He's pretty good. He had almost no problem. My friend's dog, just kind of like a medium-sized shepherd of some sort, uh, she did not know since she just adopted that dog, and... I think it got really intimidated by the larger dogs because there were times when her dog was barking quite a bit. (laughs) 
Yeah, what well, it was a shepherd, you said? I think so. It looked, you know, like kind of Australian shepherd, but without the creepy eyes. Oh, <laughs> I love Aussies, even Me too. with their creepy eyes. I think their eyes are beautiful. They are, but they are they are kind of like digging into They're your soul. They're unnerving. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a cat person for life. I am so salty that there is no such thing as a a cat park, like a place where you can bring your cats and just chill with other cats and their owners. I know it wouldn't work. Yeah, (laughs) I know it's it's a it's a theory. Nothing more. It never will be anything more. But I just I'm jealous of dog owners in that sense. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking of that the other day, especially now because I am a one of each owner. Yes. But, you know, there's there's is places I know where yeah, like they're dog friendly or like there's a dog bar here where you can bring them inside and they give them treats and stuff. And I was thinking like, well, there's nothing like that for cats. And I was like, oh yeah, that's because if you bring cats around other cats, they hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like dogs where they can be friendly or not. <laughs> it would just be cat owners showing off their cats and all the cats hating it. Mhm. <laughs> that's what Instagram is for, I guess. Everyone go follow at Ruby and Little Fang and then at Pico Suave. Pico Suave misspelled, so it's S-A-U-V-E because I had the dumb when I created his Instagram. We'll, we'll tag all the pets. Pet Instagrams give me life. I will follow anyone's pet Instagram. I don't care if you post once a year or like once every hour. I will love it all. I have said multiple times, like everyone seems to gravitate towards their favorite social media some people do facebook some people do instagram some do tiktok i'm like my favorite social media is my dog's instagram (laughs) (laughs) lauren i don't even i don't even follow you on any instagram but your dog's instagram that's good because i only post to my own like twice a year (laughs) this is this is embarrassing that everyone now knows this (laughs) it's not because mine is so inactive my dog has three times as many friends as I do yeah so if a random if Pico Suave replies to you on our pickles and vodka feed it's Lauren yeah man I was too lazy to switch to my own profile which I never use you gotta get one now though you're a co-host I have one like I said I just well bitch, get active okay bitch <laughs> I'm in a mood it's nighttime we are recording at nighttime and I don't yes. do this very often this is our first time doing that yeah, I, I think even when I was doing it by myself, I would try to do it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Nighttime is good for editing because I can like chill. But <laughs> so before I tell you what our theme is today, yes, I just realized that this is the last episode that I'm going to be making in this current apartment that I'm in. <gasps> I'm moving uh, with my partner to a two bedroom from a studio and it's just mm-hmm. six minutes across town. So it's not even that far. Uh, And we have, we're going to have an office, so I'm going to like set it all up for the podcast, maybe get a new computer, maybe get a new microphone, who knows? Oh my gosh, so I'm going to be as fancy as you come probably November 1st, because that's when I'm moving, and I will have more space, and I'll have a little office space, and there's a storage space that almost is its own room, so. I love that for us. We are moving on up. Pickles (laughs) and vodka is moving up in the world, (laughs) or at least the co-hosts are. (laughs) Uh, I'm feeling really emotional about it because, like, mm-hmm. this is a really special apartment for me. Um, I just, real quick for for new listeners, I started the podcast when I lived in D.C. back in 2018. I started it in the basement of the townhouse that I lived in with my ex after we broke up, but we still had to live <laughs> together. So That's I w- always fun. It was so awkward, and my little sister was living with us, too, so it was like a sitcom. Like, the three of us just awkwardly... Yeah 
Like we we would just joke nervously all day and stay far away from each other. Um, <laughs> right. So I was in that basement, like covered in blankets because it was so cold when I started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to Seattle by myself and I rented a room in a, a house with a stranger. And I had like the whole upper floor of the house. It was like a loft with slanted okay. walls. It was pretty cool, but it got really yeah. hot in the summer. I remember doing yeah. a bunch of episodes there. Uh, my mom recorded an episode with me there when she picked me up from like rehab. And then after that, I moved to my first apartment ever as an adult. Like I think I was 28 and I got my first apartment. Mm-hmm. And that was um, it. I have mixed memories of that place because like obviously... I did a lot of growing there. I recorded a lot of like great interviews, but I also kind of like downward spiraled in that apartment. Yeah, I'm like, I know you went through some shit there. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I went through a lot of shit in that apartment. So the apartment that I currently live in is like the best place I've ever had. It's like a 400 square foot studio. It's got hardwood (laughs) floors and like, it's just gorgeous. And Mm -hmm. it's been the place where I've really like taken recovery seriously and like grown in so many ways and you know, I met my partner and he moved in and now we're about to leave. So right. I, a lot of mixed feelings. And I also really appreciate this podcast because it's been like the constant through yeah, like this really whole time. That way. Yeah. yeah. But I just wanted to say that because it's special. Um, yeah. I won't miss like the creakiness that goes on here. <laughs> um, okay. So are you ready for this brilliant idea that I have? I am so ready. Okay. So the format of the podcast has kind of been changing uh, since Lauren became my co-host. Uh, in the past, I used to do like solo episodes every other week. And then on the other weeks, I would do like guest interviews. Um, we have decided not to do interviews for a little bit, at least, because we don't really know how we're going to do it with two remote co-hosts. And also, right. we're just still getting our groove on, you know? So last time, we're still dating. Yeah. we're. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty serious. <laughs> yeah, we're... We're considering making it official. We might change our status on Facebook. Yeah, we're not ready to move in together yet. <laughs> but yeah, we're figuring it out. So I think we're going to be doing episodes with just us for a while. But I also wanted to make like it special to have a theme because, you know, I love a theme. I love structure. So, you know, we have the pickle polls. Yes. So the pickle polls, if you don't know, um, it's a question we put out every couple weeks for you listeners to answer. And then we do a whole episode around it and it starts a lot of great conversations. We play voicemails. It's great. Um, But then we still need like the week in between to fill up with content. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking every other week that we do these like looser format episodes, one of us can pick a topic and we can kind of run the show yeah what do you think about that i like it yeah and i haven't decided if we're gonna like tell each other our topics in advance i think it'd be fun to be a surprise kind of like yeah the surprise yeah um so this week's topic is pets oh pets and mental health Oh my gosh, that goes so well with the the one question that I thought of asking here. So oh, ask ask away. I mean, I don't know if you had something planned to start. No, I mean, I. So we all know that pets are very good for mental health. I mean, my cats have been the difference between life and death for me since I got them, and I don't know. A lot of people have. I don't know. It's good for people. (laughs) Okay, maybe we'll start with my question then, because mine mine could be kind of a downer so then we'll transfer to more like positive things i was just wondering 
do you feel like the things you've went through as far as like your mental health, do you feel like it's had any effect on your pets? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, oh. I'll answer it real quick. We can touch on it later. I do want to yeah. talk about like our history of pets and how we got our pets. Oh, that's uh, great. <laughs> just because as an I intro. I nothing more than talking about my animals. <laughs> the lis- exactly. The listeners <laughs> need to know like who we're talking about before we tell stories. Yes. But in a, in a nutshell, yes, I do feel like my mental health has negatively impacted my pets and rubbed off on them in ways I'll elaborate on later. And it's a constant source of guilt for me. Yeah, I, I feel that way. I mean, to some degree, just certain things. I'm always just like, am I messing up my dog? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've seen some fucked up shit. Let's be real. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, they probably think we live in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> At least in my Seattle apartment. Like, I, I basically did. Yeah. Uh, it was, anyway. Yeah, they love us anyway. They do. Or do they? Sometimes oh, when I'm really true. depressed, I think my pets don't really care about me. I just, they just stick around me because I feed them. See, that's my main thing that, that spurred this question, what I was worried about, because when I've been like in a super like depressive state and you know, I just don't feel like moving. I have no motivation to do anything. Then I sometimes wonder because Pico is happy to just sit there and chill with me as long as he's touching me in some way. But so that means that he is pretty much just like not moving and sleeping all day because that's where I am. And mm-hmm. I'm always like, am I making my dog depressed too? I mean, <laughs> because... he goes on walks and stuff, right? Yeah, but I mean, there's there is a lot less of that when I'm like in a bad depression spot. He's an old man, right? He is getting there. I mean, he's eight, eight and a half. Like some dogs are just cool to chill, honestly. Yeah. Like my ex and I in DC had a Great Dane Greyhound mix. Ooh. So she was like a horse. <laughs> You'd think she'd want need a lot of room, but she was just like chilled all day long. She was like yeah. a cat in that way. I think it depends on the breed, honestly. Yeah, see, I don't know about Great Danes, but I know you hear that about Greyhounds. That it's just like, yes, they can run, but they have just a tiny amount of energy, and otherwise they just want to lay around and <laughs> yeah. yeah, chill. Um, but I'm not a dog person. Like I've had dogs as a kid, mm-hmm. and like I had a dog with that ex, and it's, like he ended up taking her because, like I said, I'm not a dog person. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I currently have two cats, Ruby and Little Fang, uh, and Lauren, tell, tell them what pets you have. So I currently have Pico, the love of my life. I'm pretty sure that's his full name at this point. <laughs> Pico Suave, <laughs> the love of my life. Yes. The, the sweet little pup that I adopted at about two, and now he's like eight, eight and a half. And then I just got my little kitten, Meatball. Meatball, black kitty. minus the balls. Yes, just meat. <laughs> that's what my coworker said. <laughs> he's just meat now. Oh, yeah, we talked about that on the last episode. Yeah. Before this, my first pet, like, on my own was a black male cat, and I had him gypsy. I had him for, like, 10 or 11 years, so having another little black boy kitty is happy. (laughs) Oh, my God, I didn't know you had a cat for 10 years. Yeah, that's, That's... like, the whole time I was in Chicago, I had gypsy. I also keep forgetting that you lived in Chicago, which I (laughs) went to high school in a, a Chicago suburb. Okay. I mean, I knew you lived around there. I didn't know when. 2005 through 2010. Oh, I got there in 2007, so we crossed some. I went to treatment there my very first time. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I, I know a few of our mutual friends have also like gone to treatment there. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, life is so small when you have an eating disorder sometimes. <laughs> I know. That's, well, because that's the treatment a, centers are so like spread apart, like if you're from a certain region, you all tend to go there. 
Yeah, and that is a crazy thing. Um, oh, we're getting on a tangent. Remember, I love it. Fun. It's fine. I'm about yes. to break it by telling our back our pet stories. So okay, but I was just gonna say, yeah, that's something that I've run into. Like when I had to go to a couple of treatment centers, and of course, you know, you're there for a while, and you start talking to people, and it's like, oh, let's add each other on our social media or whatever. Yep. And someone would would see a friend of mine that yeah, like that I talked to in 2002 on live journal and they're like how do you know this person they're like i went to treatment with them like five years ago and i was like oh yeah, cool you like, are literally eli <laughs> into the bone <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> or or at least like one of the side characters yeah oh yeah. my god that's wild okay but pets yes. so real quick i'll tell the story of how i got my pets uh so ruby i was Living in Austin, and I had just started dating the man that I would eventually move to D.C. with. And he lived an hour away, so I would often go over to his apartment, like, after I got off work at Starbucks at, like, 3, and then I would just mm-hmm. chill there until he got off work at 5. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> the morning that we found Ruby, he texted me early in the morning on his way to work, and he was like, oh, my God, look at this kitten in my parking lot. And he sent me a video of her, and he was, like, in a suit <laughs> on his way to work, and he was like, she's so cute. She ate some food. And then I was like, oh, my God, what if she was still there? And so I'm like six hours later, I get there and she's still there. And it's now like 100 degrees because it's summer. It was July mm-hmm. and she was in like under a car. And these kids oh. were like w- walking by with their dad and they were like trying to grab at her and like they were being super loud and I made up my mind right then, like, as soon as I could, I would, like, grab her. <laughs> like, yeah. So they disappeared. I got her to come out. I took another video of her just, like, cuddling with me and eating food out of my hand. I'll post it to the socials. Um, and so I picked her up and put, took her to the bathroom. My ex came back, and, like, he had gotten her kitten food and stuff. And we talked about, like, trying to find an owner. We talked about, like, taking her to a shelter because she didn't have a chip or a collar or anything. Mm-hmm. She was really, really skinny. Uh, it was obvious, like, she hadn't been taken care of in a while. And then there was, like, a moment of silence. And he said, I guess we better just take her in. It was Aww, such a weird way yay. he said it. Like, I remember <laughs> it. And so, yeah, after that, it was history. Um, she's named Ruby because she was found in July and my birthday's oh, in July yes. and the birthstone the for birth July. Stone. And then uh, when we were deciding her name, my ex was drinking like a Ruby Redbird beer oh. <laughs> and I saw it. I was like, Ruby, that's cute. Yeah. So yeah, that's how yeah. I got Ruby. Um, we should do this in spurts. So like our older okay. pets and then our baby pets. So yes, because I was going to say, I love my story of getting Pico. Basically, as soon as I got like this bonus that I knew was coming from work, that I was going to have some extra money. And I was like, as soon as I get that, then I'm going to adopt a dog. And so I got it and I went over and I picked one out that I loved. And I thought that I was good until I found out that even though I already had my cat and had had him for a while, that my lease did not say that animals were okay. They were only okay by like specific permission from the owner. So I didn't realize, you know, like that I'd just said like oh this is my cat and they said that's fine so it was a weekend and I couldn't get a hold of them to you know like say they're okay with it and so this you know like dog that I found and I like she's really cute then had to let that one go and I knew like it's a high um what word am I looking for (laughs) not not high volume (laughs) (laughs) those cockapoos they're so high volume you can't keep those in stock 
basically like a busy shelter that people are going through all the time. So That's I my volume. Was, okay. So good I job. Knew, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> this is just post-snap brain. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. I uh, thought we were recording an hour earlier than we were, and I woke Lauren up from a nap. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, so I knew that dog wasn't going to be there. So <clears throat> once I had everything set, then I think it was a Tuesday, and I went after work, and I was looking... And I knew that I wanted a small dog because of my apartment size. I did not specifically want a chihuahua, but I was, just because they were small, I was in front of a room of chihuahuas. Oh my God. And this shelter worker was, you know, I was explaining what I wanted and she was trying to get me to take one of these chihuahuas. She's like, I fostered it for a while. And you know, like it has this problem and this problem, but you only have to give it this med. And you know, like, this is fine. I'm just thinking in my head, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And there had been this older man shelter worker who heard the beginning of my story and he walked away. And then he comes back while we're still talking and he just motions to me like, come here. And he tells me, I found your dog. Oh my God. Okay. I got chills. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because he had just come in, apparently. He was kind of in there like new, like getting used to things and them getting used to your personality room. It was a bunch of dogs like going nuts because they'd just gotten there. And it's little Pico in his cage just kind of like huddled in the back, like, okay. <laughs> oh my god. And so yeah, you know, I was like, oh, okay, yes, you know, like, let's meet him. And he brings him out. And we go in a little separate room, you know, and he sets him on the floor. And I'm sitting down on the floor. And he's like, here's a treat, you know, if you want to give him a treat so that he, he comes to you and he knows you're okay. And I hold it out. And I mean, Pico is like, head down, tail down, like afraid to even look up. He's just slowly coming forward, like, okay, can I eat the treat? And you know, and I give it to him and then he just still just really timidly just, I'm sitting cross-legged and he just crawls into my lap like, is this okay? Oh my God. Do you know anything about his history? I don't. When I got him, and this will probably come up talking about how they were, pets are good in some ways. He was very dirty. He was very scruffy and he was very skinny so much that for the first like two or three months of his life, I felt, I felt afraid to pick him up because I could feel his bones so much. I just felt like they were going to like, it felt like they were going to crumble to dust under my hand if I put any pressure on him. So I was just like, oh "Oh, honey. (laughs) Oh, I thought the door creaking was meatball meowing in the background. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) he's like, talk about me. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I'm cute. <laughs> oh, I love that story so much. Pico's so like your dude. He is. Like, I was thinking when I, uh, you know, by the time I lived alone with Ruby, the thought occurred to me that this is my roommate. Like, mm-hmm. I have a roommate and, it, you know, she has a personality and a temperament and things she likes and she doesn't like and I have to respect her. And it's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story of our OG pets. Now let's talk about our babies. So um, I had Ruby for two or three years on my own. Yeah, three years. It was just me and Ruby. We did everything together, good and bad, which we'll talk about later. But when I got my own apartment, I really wanted to get a kitten. When COVID first hit, I got laid Mm -hmm. off my job. And so I like 
sheltered in place with my parents for six weeks in Virginia. And my sister had just gotten a kitten and I just got kitten fever. I even had a name picked out. I was going to name him Popcorn. I knew I wanted a boy kitten because my sister had a boy kitten and they're just, I don't know. I think they're more like chill than female cats. Possibly. I, I definitely think that's true that people say that black cats have a good temperament. And Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I didn't I wasn't supposed to get a black cat. I got kitten fever. I moved back to Seattle and I had decided I was going to get a kitten. I got another litter box. I got a cat tree. I, like, I got all the stuff for a kitten and I found the kitten I wanted on Craigslist. It was a black and white fluffy kitten with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruby is like a Maine Coon mix. So she's like really floofy. And so I was like, oh, my God, I want another fluffy kitten. And so I had borrowed my friend's car to drive to Olympia, which is an hour away from Seattle, to pick Mm -hmm. up this kitten. And an hour before, they basically, like, ghosted me. They hadn't been responding to my messages. And then, like, 30 minutes before, I tried calling multiple times, didn't get an answer. And so Mm -hmm. I was just in my friend's car. I was like, well, shit, I'm getting a kitten today. So... (laughs) Some way, I'm coming home with a kitten. Exactly. Um, and so I went straight back to Craigslist, and I found uh, this litter of kittens. Uh, they were all black, but one of them didn't have a tail. And that's oh. the one that I, I was like, I need him. And so I drove to Olympia, and this 12-year-old girl hands me a little fang through a window of a minivan. Her mm-hmm. mom's driving. Uh, I have the pictures I took in the car with him. He was so fucking tiny. And right away, he started screaming and, like, exploring everywhere. Aww. But, yeah, that's how I came to get Little Fang. Aww. Tell me about Meatball. So, Meatball is a very new addition for me. I probably got him about a month and a half ago. I mean, he's only, what, like, four months old now. He was some friends of mine. They, they had recently... I think they had two, like they have a lot of animals and they had two cats. They were mostly outdoor cats, but they were theirs. And two of them had died recently. And also they had four dogs and one that, sorry, Pico's trying to get my attention. It's going to happen Pico. a lot during this episode. Yes. <laughs> and one of their dogs that I think was their oldest and The husband in particular, like, I think he had that dog before they got married. You know, it was very much like his ride-or-die dog and had him forever, and they just had to put him to sleep. So so they just had, you know, to say goodbye to a lot of animals. And then the wife apparently found three little kittens. And in light of all that, she wanted to bring them home. First, they were planning to only, like, foster them. And then they did decide to keep one, which I thought would happen. Yeah. <laughs> Foster failure. Yep. <laughs> the couple, they, they were some of the, or he was one of the people that I was in the band with for a while. So I actually oh. showed So I showed up for band practice and that's what his wife was there. And she just said like, Lauren, I think you need meatball. And I'm like, <gasps> I need a what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. You don't know me. You don't know what I need. Lady, I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) Wait, are you really? Yeah. Oh my God. Me too, mostly. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, then she explained that they were the kittens and especially then they were very, very tiny. I think she said they were like eight weeks old when I first met them and 
you know, Meatball was the one that came out and let me hold him, and I think that pretty much did it. You know, I didn't say so then, but I went home and I just kept thinking about him, and in a week or so I was like, yeah, I think I want to adopt him. You got the fever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is such a blessing when a kitten just drops into your life. Mm-hmm. Like, we should all be so lucky. And the funny thing is, is I gotten gypsy as a kitten. I tried to introduce a cat before. I did not want a kitten. I said, I've already done this. <laughs> I've paid my dues. Yeah, but the cat I tried to introduce was a cat from hell, and unfortunately it didn't work out. I oh. felt terrible having to give him back. But I that just... happens sometimes. People shouldn't view it as like a personal failure. Yeah, I really was only okay with it in that I knew talking to the shelter in the first place that they were clearly a very good shelter. You know, they even said, they were like, if this doesn't work out, please bring them back to us. You know, like, don't try and rehome them yourself or anything like that. We'll take care of them. That's it's amazing. Fine. Do you yeah. want to give them a shout out? Yeah. Um, it's called 10th Life in um, St. Louis. That is such a great name. I know. <laughs> also, I want the title of this episode to be Room of Chihuahuas. <laughs> Love it. (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) But yeah, so that cat was the cat from hell. And then, you know, I end up with a kitten, even though I said I didn't want a kitten because they're crazy. And I keep telling my friends, I'm like, yes, he's crazy like a kitten is. But you know what? He's been easier to deal with than that insane cat that was like four years old. Mm. Yeah, every animal is so different. Yeah, so Meatball is here to stay. He's a good guy. Meatball is here (laughs) to stay. We love Meatball. Yeah. So that's all of our pets. Mm-hmm. So basically, I don't really have a plan now. I just wanted to talk about like the effect that pets have on your mental health. And like we said earlier, there is sometimes a lot of guilt that can happen. Mm-hmm. So like, if you do have mental health issues and you want a pet, what should you be asking yourself? Like, what are some things? I don't know what I'm trying to ask here. Like... How do you know if you can even take care of a pet? Because that's the question, like, I was asking myself when I got Little Thing. I don't know if you can necessarily know, but I did, I mean, I knew the basics that pets entailed, so I know I at least asked myself, knowing that I'd been through some points where I just, like, can't even, like, get up, that I was just like, okay, if I get a dog... I have to take him outside every time he has to go to the bathroom. I have to know this. I have to take him for a walk at least once a day. I'm like, am I prepared to do this even when I really don't want to? (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I mean, pets are so good in that way in that they kind of force you to have something Mm -hmm. to be responsible for. They get you out of the house in some cases. They get you to engage with something outside of yourself and take care of something. Uh, And for me, like, it was nice to know that I could do that. Like, maybe if I can take care of this animal who's completely dependent on me, like, maybe I can take care of myself uh, or even other people, you know? It's very empowering in that way. I've heard that about the kind of, like, the journey, like, people that start AA and they're like, at a certain point, you can get a plant and then you can get a pet and then you can handle a relationship with a person. (laughs) That is a great call, honestly. I even thought about mentioning plants at the beginning of this because I know not everyone can have pets. Mm -hmm. We'll just give a disclaimer now. Like, we are talking about, like, animals, domesticated (laughs) animals. But um, if you're a plant parent then yeah. you you have my approval. That yes. is also a worthy endeavor, and I can't do it. I kill every plant that I try Even to take care of. Even though 
I, I'm just very much against plants because I don't like the idea of a cup of dirt sitting in my house. <laughs> All my plants are fake. Yeah, that's what I'd have to do. <laughs> so yeah, I guess going in, you should know that pets are a big responsibility. You shouldn't take them lightly. Like, let's, yeah, we should just get all the disclaimers out of the way now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're obviously a financial responsibility, which you should know. Yeah. And usually, shelters are pretty good about that. I know, you know, like, I got asked that every time I adopted. They were just like, are you prepared? How much are you prepared to spend per year for this animal? So, yeah, right up front, I would say make sure you're financially able to take care of a pet and take care of any unexpected like, medical bills that might come up. Uh, if it's a, a baby pet, like spaying and neutering them is super yeah. important. Going to need a lot of vaccines in the beginning if they're babies. Exactly. So just yeah. bear that in mind. Besides knowing yourself, like no one can know if you're ready for a pet than you. No shelter ever asked me, like, are you in a good enough mental space that you can take your talk out every day? <laughs> Oh my god, don't give them ideas, Lauren. I know. <laughs> You're gonna blow our cover. Well, it's hard enough, I feel like, to adopt animals. I mean, I was just adopting a cat the first time, and I was like, do you want a blood sample? Do you want a promise of my firstborn child? I mean... See, my, one of my pets I found in a parking lot, and the other pet right. I found on Craigslist. So, like, I don't know if I endorse that, but like I said, if a cat falls into your lap, maybe the universe is trying to tell you something. Uh, but once you know you're ready to have a pet, and you get a pet, um, I think it's really, really good for your mental health. Mm -hmm. There's just something about knowing that you're not alone. Like, I know the yeah. first night it was just me and Ruby on our own. I was so happy to have her there because I don't know what I like, what paths my mind would have taken if she hadn't been there. Mm -hmm. It was a scary, some might say sad situation, but I didn't feel alone because I had yeah. Ruby. For Pico, having never had a dog before, and, you know, they told me that he was, he pretty much seemed house trained, but I didn't know how he's going to react in a new space, even if he is house trained. So the first night, I know, I, I kept him in his crate all night, and I was thinking that first night, like, oh, you know, like, maybe we'll transition into sleeping with me, and, you know, like, if that works okay, maybe he can stay in the bed a few nights a week. The second night, I felt okay about it, and I was like, well, let's see how you do in the bed. And he slept in the bed with me the second night and has every night since then. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sleeping with pets is so great. Yeah. So as soon as that happened, there was no turning back. I was like, yep, this is your spot. We're bonded for life. Yes. So my studio in Seattle was under 180 square feet. It was super, oh super. It was a micro God. studio. Yeah. So I had a loft bed. Mm -hmm. um, and the cats couldn't climb the ladder. And so Ruby was big enough to jump on up onto there from the couch. But okay. Fang couldn't do that yet. So the very yeah. first night I let him stay in bed with me, I woke up and there was like shit everywhere. <laughs> if you have kids, like I, good for you. Uh, I don't know how you do it. Because <laughs> having a pet is like having a kid. Yes. Between Fang pooping everywhere and Ruby vomiting, uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a former bulimic and Ruby is a cat who vomits. Oh. Yeah, like mother, like daughter. It's it's wild, truly. Like, we both have really crippling anxiety. Mm -hmm. And we both vomit everywhere compulsively. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, you know, Pico and I both have trouble um, getting our eating on track when we're in a new situation. So I guess we're similar, too. <laughs> what do you think about the theory that, like, pets become their owners or owners become their pets? I mean, 
I worried about it as far as the depression thing. I felt like that was transferring to them. Okay, you're taking it real serious real fast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. Just... I joke when I'm like, don't know what to say. And I, mm-hmm. that struck a chord. So yeah, keep talking about it. Yeah, because I was going to say, I also actually, I have honestly worried my own habits around food and things like that. I have worried that they will transfer to pets. I don't feel like they ever have. But sometimes I do wonder like, oh my gosh, am I feeding them less than I should because Mm. I, you know, like think that I'm rationing it correctly or, you know, like, did I think like they seemed a little heavier today? So I'm, you know, giving them a little less. Oh my God. I've found myself thinking that way too. Yeah. (laughs) Like Ruby had to lose weight for a while and it kind of fucked me up, honestly, Mm -hmm. because she just is so desperate for it and like. I can't give it to her and it reminds me of like being on a diet and like it's just not a good feeling yeah meatball seems to want like everything I can give him as well and I'm like you're a kitten and you're growing I know but I don't want to overfeed you and immediately turn you into a balloon yeah (laughs) so so yeah like I have to stop at some point (laughs) Uh, I never had cats growing up only as an adult and so I went into it without knowing anything and so I have often asked myself am I feeding them the right amount Mm -hmm. and like the internet is honestly your best friend in this situation (laughs) also like everyone with pets that you know like people want to give you information sometimes it's not the right information so like you know be smart about your sources On the other hand, I got Pico um, about a month out of my first treatment center. So I had been there for like four and a half months. And then a month later, then I get my first dog. And like I said, he came and, you know, like in the vet confirmed, he was like, oh, he's pretty underweight. And, you know. (laughs) You're like, same. (laughs) What's your BMI, Pico? (laughs) At that point, I was probably just like, you should have seen me five months ago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. I don't know if I've properly conveyed it, but Pico is quite tiny. He is about six and a half pounds. Oh my god, he's smaller than Ruby. He's smaller than Fang! Yeah, Yeah, I'm waiting for the time when Meatball's gonna be bigger than him. It's coming soon. But, so when I I got him, I think he was like 5.7 or 5.8, and that's what I remember, you know, the vet told me, you know, like, you can tell that he's underweight because you feel this and this and see this, and he's like, he should probably gain about a pound. I was like, that's adorable. (laughs) I have to help you gain one pound. That's like a sixth of his body weight. I know, and I thought of that. (laughs) Like, I understand, but it just sounds so much, you know, like if if somebody had told me like, well, we need you to gain a pound. (laughs) I'd be like, okay. (laughs) Bet. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think the point I was originally trying to make is because of that, I did feel like He was good for me in the beginning, right out of treatment, because, you know, I did feel like he was very fragile, and I was worried about him, and I knew I had to help him do that, and I remember, um, like I said, in new spaces, he doesn't really want to eat very much, and he kind of ignores his food, so at first he was doing that, and I would sit down in the morning, and I would just, like, grab, like, a protein shake or something like that, and I... I never did breakfast, (laughs) but, you know, like, this time I would, so just, like, anything that I would grab was a big difference and I would just plop down on the floor with him with his food in front of him and be like I'm having breakfast why don't you <laughs> like let's sit here and have exactly. it together yes. so at, when I am in a guilt spiral and or really depressed I will often feel guilty for quote-unquote using my pets for my own personal growth mm-hmm. or like as some sort of crutch okay do you ever feel that way I don't know I'm not totally sure what you're um 
talking about like i got a pet to fix myself or something or like i have pets so i won't kill myself you know i mean obviously that's not the only reason i have them i love them but like they have helped me in those areas but like sometimes i think this feels a little exploitative you know like i i don't know i I agree i did work i mean not so much with Meatball, because he just kind of came like, surprise! Yeah. <laughs> but definitely with Pico, because like I said, I was out of treatment for one month, and then I got him, and it just kind of felt like, am I just trying to fill a hole? Yeah, and I think we've all asked ourselves that with any good thing in our life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but also, they are animals, you know? It's not like having an actual child. I mean, right. you know... in I do get to leave him alone all day. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, like leaving a two-year-old, like, have fun, I'm going to work. I mean, it, it can be a mutually beneficial relationship, and there's nothing wrong about that. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, as long as you are making them comfortable and loving on them, like, yeah. reap the benefits, because there's so many benefits. Mm-hmm. I mean, something I love right now, because Meatball is actually turning out to be very snuggly, and Pico gets jealous about that, but... <laughs> But sometimes I will just be like chilling out and one of them will be on either side of me and they'll just both be cuddling up to me. And I'm just like, this is a life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's nothing better than having your pets like snuggle next to Mm -hmm. you and just you're drawing energy from them and they're drawing energy from you. It's just like very beautiful. Yes. Uh, Now I'm just thinking of all the times that like I was like throwing up or like high or whatever. My pets were just like chilling. Yeah, let's get into the dark times. You alluded to that earlier. I know. Part of me feels nervous about talking about it because, like, you have to know I'm a really good cat mom. I buy everything for them. I take care of them before my own needs, honestly. And um, I would never do anything to hurt them. With that said, I do have mental illnesses, and sometimes I don't take care of myself, and that does impact my ability to take care of them. And it makes me feel bad. Yeah. It makes me feel really bad, and I don't know necessarily what to even say about it, except that it it happens. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you a story. Tell Um, me a story, please. I feel like such a shit trash person right now. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to go ahead and get, like, super vulnerable and feel like a bigger trash person. (laughs) (laughs) So... This was between the first and second time that I went to treatment. And I think I knew at this point, like, the second time was coming up pretty soon. And at that point, not only was indulging in all of the old eating disorder behaviors, but also I just didn't want to be in my own head at the time. So I don't feel like I have the the traits so much of actually being an alcoholic. But, you know, like, at this specific time, I just didn't want to be in my own head. And that was a way to get out of it. So I was drinking quite a bit every night as well. And especially, you know, like, I'm restricting as well. So I'm drinking on a pretty much empty stomach. So that always goes well. That's, yeah, Blackout like, City. That's, that's a super smart idea. <laughs> it's called being economical, Lauren. <laughs> I'm a cheap date. <laughs> oh my god, I hate it so much. <laughs> yes. But so, you know, like one night I misjudged. And again, I can know like how many drinks like will get me just kind of, eh, okay, but I'm not drunk drunk. But when you aren't eating anything, that can suddenly turn on you very fast. Yeah. So suddenly, yes, I was much drunker than I meant to be. And I had hardwood floors and I had a wooden stool in my bedroom. I'm sure that it's because I had recently had to step on it to kill a nasty bug. 
All right. <laughs> but, but so because of that, this wooden stool is in my bedroom, and I hit a slick spot on the floor, and it was a fall where I just felt like instantly I remember feeling like this is not going to be good. If I put my hands out, I will probably like break my wrists or something. So I immediately just like pulled everything inward. But what happened is my one side smashed onto the stool. <gasps> and at some point after that, I decided, yes, because I am so drunk and dumb and needed food at that point. So I just ordered a pizza. <laughs> as, as one does. Yep, crawled into the middle of the floor and slept until he knocked on my door and then, you know, got it. Thinking like, oh, you know, like, that's going to be a bruise and that's going to feel bad. When I woke up in the morning, I couldn't shift from, like, sitting to standing or standing <gasps> to laying down without involuntarily screaming. Fuck. It just ha came out of me and I was like, I'm not even trying to. Where's Pico during all this? He's just standing around and watching. So that's why I feel like... Uh, and what happened is I actually broke two ribs. That's why it hurt so much. It was a Friday the next day, and so, you know, I had to call into work because I couldn't move. And I was getting a dog walker to come in the middle of the day, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So he was supposed to come on Friday, and I was sure to let him know right away. I was like, just so you know... I'm going to be in the apartment, but I honestly don't think I can move. So still please come and give him a walk. I think like that moment when pets see you like that is worse than like them walking in on sex or something. Yeah. You know, because I, I don't remember obviously so much the, the night when I was almost blackout drunk, but I do remember the next morning when I could not move. And yeah, Pico just kind of, you know, like standing there coming up to me being like, hey, Hi, Mom. How are you doing? All right, I'm going to go out with this guy on a walk. Yeah. You think your pet is going to, like, be super concerned and stay by your side when you get hurt? But honestly, in my experience, they just kind of minded their own business. Oh, I think he absolutely was the next day. He was all, I, like I said, I don't know what happened that night. Maybe yeah. he was licking my hair while yeah. I was sleeping on the, in the hallway. Ruby eats my hair if she's, like, trying to get me to wake up. Mm -hmm. I had a very similar story with Ruby. I ordered a ton of like binge food with Uber Eats one night and I didn't wake up. Like there were one instance where I didn't wake up and then another instance where I just like blacked out in the middle of it with the food all around me. Uh -huh. And I woke up and Ruby was just on the other side of the room watching me like no big oh. deal. Like, she didn't even try to eat the food, which I'm super grateful for. But yeah, the They've seen us at our worst. Nothing against you, but when you described that, I just felt like, oh, I feel the guilt. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing them just, like, watch you, like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I think Poor pets, guys. pets <laughs> do teach us a lot about how to handle emotions. Like, I've never had a close friend die. Like, I haven't really known anyone who died, honestly, except for grandparents that I didn't really know that well. And so... Okay. But I have had a lot of pets die. Like, as, as kids, we were allowed to have a ton of pets. Uh, you know, we were seven kids, homeschooled. What else are we going to mm -hmm. do? Our mom was pretty great. Like, she let us get a lot of pets. So I've had pets, like, be born in my care. I've had pets die. And it really does prepare you emotionally for some things. So I've had people close to me die. <laughs> but I have not really experienced a pet dying, and I'm terrified. See, that sounds not worse. It, it's an interesting situation because it's Because like, it was, like, someone that had watched Gypsy for me before, but was not necessarily a friend of mine. Like, I wouldn't really have contact with her. She took him because when I moved from Chicago, 
then I was going to live with my aunt, and they said dog is okay, cat is not. Okay, I was wondering what happened to him. Yes. Oh, so, okay, so you've never had a pet die, ever. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, like, so he, he was older then, at this point, I would say maybe, probably is not alive anymore, but I didn't have to see it. Yeah. It sucks. Like, my, one of my dogs as a kid got hit by a car, I think I was like 10 oh. or 11, mm-hmm. and that was really rough. Uh, it was very unexpected and violent. And I don't know if I've had any pets die of old age because, like, they were either, like, fish or rodents. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, they got I did got have a sick. hamster die once, so I guess I've had a pet die, but I wasn't super connected I mean, to the it's, hamster. <laughs> it's traumatic in its own way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we should talk about that some more. Yeah, that is something maybe, like, a year or so ago. I know I had to discuss it in a full therapy session because it was so traumatic for me. I had this dream that Pico likes to often, I mean, sometimes he cuddles against my chest at night, but usually he settles like snuggled against my back. And I had this dream and it was one of those like really realistic dreams. Like nothing is weird about it. I was just waking up in my bed and Pico was against my back and I turned around and he was cold and not breathing. <gasps> oh my god, I've had moments like that too with my pets where they were just sleeping so deeply or like Yeah. <laughs> oh my that is the worst feeling. Yeah, I mean I've had that, yeah, like in real life where it concerns me, like but this was a dream where you know like he actually was dead in that dream. <laughs> Holy shit, that's so scary. Did you just like hug him extra tight when you woke up? <laughs> oh my gosh, he got so much attention for like the whole <laughs> next week. And like I said, I had to bring that up in, in therapy because I was just like I know, you know, it didn't happen, but it was one of those dreams that feels super realistic. So, I mean, it felt like I went through a trauma. (laughs) Yeah. It's good to process it now because, Mm -hmm. like, even if a pet dies of old age and has a super long life, it's never easy. No. (laughs) This is such a downer, but, like, it happens. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and people who do struggle with mental health, I feel like, are extra susceptible to being traumatized by something like that. Yeah. At the end of the day... If you love it, the pet, and you take care of it, and, like, you're the best pet parent you can be, they're happy. That's all that matters. Like, they had a good life. Yeah. I feel like these things can happen, you know, at the danger of, like, maybe you are too connected and too dependent on your pet, but it's not hurting the pet if you are. (laughs) Exactly. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, about pets and mental health? and? Um, I've told Pico since I got him that he has to live until he's 20. (laughs) How old is he now? Eight? Yeah. (laughs) All right, Pico, you got 12 more years. Yep. (laughs) Cats can live, like, well into their 20s. Well, yeah, that was the good thing, too, about adopting Meatball as a kitten, is I was like, okay, Pico's kind of getting to middle age, and you're a kitten, so at least there'll be a life in my house, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. The other day, I I joked to Brett that, like, something about having Ruby when I was 40, and then I was like, oh, actually, that's not a joke. She could very well be alive, (laughs) because I'm 30 now, and she's six. Oh, yeah. That's that's possible. (laughs) It's very possible. It's so weird. It's almost like you have to be responsible and stick with your decisions. I mean, my friend kind of pooped out on me and just sort of like started ignoring me. So we're not, I guess we're not friends anymore. But before then, she had three cats. And when we last hung out, they were, I think, 17, 15, and 14. And the 17-year-old cat, he'd always been a big cat. And I was starting to notice, I was like, this cat, you know, like he's... He's looking skinnier and, you know, like, is he okay? He's getting old. And I was really worried about him. And then when we were like sitting around watching TV, then he like 
jumped on the kitchen counter and knocked everything off and <gasps> knocked the trash over and got into it. And I was like, yay, you're still a shit. Yeah. <laughs> still a kid in the heart. I have one final story I want to tell because we were talking a lot about like how do we know if our pets really love us and like do Mm -hmm. they just tolerate us because we feed them. Um, The one story that I always remember when I feel like that is the time I went to rehab. So I was suicidal at the time and I had blackout drunk called my ex on multiple occasions asking if he could come get Ruby because this is the same ex that found her. So he knew her. So I was like, if I'm uh going to die, I want him to have her. (laughs) And he like told my parents and all this stuff happened. I ended up getting her into the care of my friend from outpatient treatment. Mm -hmm. We were the only two women in this group of like alcoholics. And so we had each other's numbers and I was like at the end of my rope and I called her and arranged for her to take care of Ruby. She then ended up driving me to the ER and I went to treatment and all this stuff. So when I got out of treatment, the cat, the cat, (laughs) the cat, cat. (laughs) Ruby had been with her for 11 days uh, in the house where she shared with her father. Mm -hmm. He actually died a few months after that of cancer. It was really sad. I I didn't know he had cancer at the time. It might have happened really suddenly. But anyway, he developed this really strong bond with Ruby while I was in treatment. And Mm -hmm. she would only come out from under the bed when he would come in with her food. Uh, But other than that, they told me she did not come out really at all. So the day that my mom picked me up from the hospital, we drove back to Seattle. Um, I walked into the house and immediately she like darted out from under the bed I like had sat down on the floor. She jumped onto my lap and just started loving on me. And that is not Ruby's personality. (laughs) Ruby is very standoffish, even to me. Like she's not always lovey. And so I think about that moment every time I start feeling inadequate as a pet parent. Because you you do have a connection. Like I I can't tell you the science behind it, but animals Mm -hmm. are very, they know things. I will tell you my counterpart to that then. Please. Is I done some long car trips with my mom sometimes and we did one last year and um when we would stop at a gas station I'd go out and pump gas and my mom would go and like use the bathroom or whatever and then I'd say like okay you know like sit in the car with Pico while I go use the bathroom and she said that she would sit in the car and he would jump up on the dashboard (gasps) and she said he would just he would watch the door that I walked in and she was just like his attention was unwavering until you walked out. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, even, you know, like, she's another person in the car. He's not just left there alone, but he is just like, where is my person? Pets know their people. Mm-hmm. Everyone just go and hug your pet or think about getting a pet or get a plant. Yeah. You know, or get like a virtual pet. Hug a stuffed animal and pretend like it's your pet. I think I did that first, actually. I oh, yeah. Dog. <laughs> I know tons of people as adults with stuffed animals. Yeah. It's not weird. Hug something and love them. (laughs) (laughs) Hug something furry. Or not furry. Just hug something. Yeah. Just hug yourself, man. (laughs) Just... Uh, but yeah, that's that's the pet episode. At least the the long overdue episode about our pets. So now when I'm always talking about them, you know about them. Um, we'll post a lot of pictures to the Instagram. Don't worry. Before we say goodbye, I just want to remind everyone there is a pickle pull out that we will be talking about next week. It is about burnout, which I have talked about recently. So if you have experiences with burnout or tips for avoiding it, or just want to like share the crazy story of how your life spiraled out of control due to burnout, 
uh, tell us. And I've made it my goal to try and get better about this because Christina said that she does not like to do this and I don't really either, but I'm going to make it my mission (laughs) is to promote us. So since I'm not prepared for this today, just leave a review on Apple or things. Just do it. Thank please, you. Please say we're good if you like us. <laughs> I noticed we have 11 Spotify ratings. Oh, I didn't okay. even notice. I'm so bad. This is why I needed Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you rated Pickles and Vodka on Spotify, thank you so much. Yay, uh, we have yes. a 4.8 rating. Let's make it five. Sweet. Do we're it for good. Pico and Meatball and Ruby and Little Fang. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Hello, friends. It's Christina again. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to support Pickles and Vodka, you can give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Pickles and Vodka Podcast. If you could relate to anything at all we talked about today or you just want to say hi, email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at picklesandvodkapodcast. Stay safe and have a good week. Bye.